So one random morning, I was sitting in my Bible time with my coffee, cozied up when no sun had risen yet, and I had this idea that I'm about to go work out, but I have so many golden nuggets that God just gifted me. And I know sometimes they're just for me, but sometimes I cannot wait to share them with you. I mean, isn't that what going and making disciples of all nations is, the Great Commission, right? So I decided I would jump on a Peloton so I can still get my workout in and still check that box for my habit building, my habit stacking, the atomic habits that build incredible momentum for my energy and for my sustenance and for my family and everything I'm connected to. So this is your behind the scenes, your backstage pass, your not live, but still really good Peloton and preach moment. Okay. So you might hear me huffing and puffing, disregard that or not join me, start working out while you listen to Peloton and preach. And then you won't be distracted by my windedness. Just think I'm on the Peloton next to you or we're running just like, you know, not coffee combo. Okay. We're actually moving. So let's do the thing together. Let's move. Let's remain fit in faith by activating and not just talking about the activation. And hang out with me on Peloton. I'm live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. And you can find me in my Facebook group, which is the Fit and Faith Network, just like the app. If you don't have the app, get the app. Or hang out Instagram live. Okay? It's really fun. Enjoy. Peloton and preach. Come breathe hard with me. Let's go. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness broadcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being... Fit in faith. Let's hydrate. What's going on? I miss you guys. Holy moly. It's been a hot minute since I've been on Peloton and Preach. Mainly because I've been out of the country. And there are no Pelotons in the Dominican Republic. (laughs) And there are no Pelotons, at least any that I saw, in Costa Rica. And... Man, what a gift it was to be fully present. What a gift it is to be experiencing revival around the world and sitting into it, being present in it. I don't know about you, but the whole Asbury thing has me, the whole Asbury thing, gotta repent for not giving it more glitz and glam, but that's who you are and and you love us for the element of of life the element of sweetness the element of surrender that doesn't have to be glitz and glam i don't have to be on a peloton i could just be on a beach and i could just be in an airplane or i could just be insert where you are right now 
But yesterday morning, I was really just in a state of, do I have to work? <laughs> do I have to go? Can I just jump on a plane and go and just worship you, Lord? I wonder how that has affected you. I'm so curious. Uh, maybe you want to drop in the chat about maybe your curiosities, maybe your judgment, maybe your confusion, maybe your uh, ignite, maybe maybe it's something deeper that you haven't yet really put time or energy to from a perspective of, um, a, sorry guys, I'm trying to get this to live to work over here on Facebook. I see Instagram. I see all my peeps over there. Love you guys so much, Jessica. Oh, is that Jason or Brandy or Jenny and Mama B is in the house? But I know that there's got to be something inside of you in regards to this revival. And if you don't feel like anything, you don't feel an eagerness, you don't feel an urgency, you don't feel you don't feel a sense of curiosity. I wonder if you've read the book of Revelations. I wonder if we're existing so much in this lukewarmness that the water's fine. Not too hot, not too cold. It's just right that we really have missed it. <laughs> We've really missed it. And I shared this yesterday and I want to cement it here so that people feel an invitation to explore with me, to explore with themselves, let alone me, just you're hanging out, which I'm super happy to have you. But what about with you and the Lord? What does that conversation look like? Because the very first moment that I saw the Asbury revival, I was in Costa Rica. It had already been taking place and we had seen some stuff about it. Um, but the day that I was landing in Costa Rica was the day that it started on February 8th. And so it was a couple days later that I actually saw like the buzz that was transpiring around it. And I looked at it from afar, from a distance. I was not on the live feed. I had not listened to the sermon that was essentially kicked off for it prior to. And I had doubt. And I think in our doubt, it's an invitation to the Lord to come in and like, wreck us <laughs> to come in and share otherwise like that's I understand you're sweet but have I ever failed you is there more of me here is there an opportunity for you to explore and maybe see something that you've never seen before so I love to worship I am I call myself a worshiper actually the very first thing that I did after I got saved and recommitted my life to the Lord. I'll say saved. I was saved when I was 14. Um, but again, recommitted my life to the Lord. Had a radical encounter with Jesus in my living room. If you've never heard about it, ooh, I'll tell you that someday. Let me know and I'll make sure I go through that again. But it was this radical encounter. Met the face of Jesus. Met with the face of Jesus. Met with God in that moment. And one of the first things that I felt summoned into. Like, have you ever felt like, truly drawn by the Lord. It's like the most special feeling because it doesn't make sense to anybody else around you. It somewhat doesn't make sense to you because it's often pulling you out of that comfort zone, out of that lukewarmness into something 
richer, wholer, um, more vibrant. And, and that is, that's the walk. That's the journey that we get to live as Christians, but we can get complacent. The church can get complacent. And so I felt summoned. I felt drawn in to this school called Burn 24-7. And the concept was teaching about 24-7 revivals that would be essentially worship spaces, places, centers. Um, you could pop up anywhere and you would have 24 hour of artistic expression, creative release and revival and just worshiping God. And they didn't call it revival. They just called it worship, 24 hours of worship, seven days a week. And that there are places currently in the world doing this consistently. And I don't know why I felt summoned to do it. I was not a worship leader. I was not musically inclined, if you will. I could dance, um, but I was not, I I wasn't the typical avatar, if you will. I was in a training yesterday with a bunch of Christian kingdom entrepreneurs, and I was saying that I don't follow the business rules. I kind of break down, (laughs) I break out of the box that the business industry is trying to put us in. There's no ideal avatar for your niche. Jesus didn't have an avatar, and I don't believe in it. So I'm sitting there talking with them and processing that I was not this ideal avatar in this worship school. Everyone played an instrument or was a singer. And they're like, so what do you do? (laughs) What's your gift and talent? And I'm like, well, I love music. Music is a, a universal love language. I really believe that. And sadly, the enemy has taken claim and territory in that space and people still bond over music, but especially the young generations and myself. I mean, think about the 60s, think about the 70s, think about the the MTV era, that was mine. I'm not from the 60s or 70s, but music was a bonding orientation. Everyone could get behind this one sound or this one song and Revival, if you want to use that word, would break out. Honestly, associated to sex, drugs, and rock and roll usually. But you think of Elvis, you think of Johnny Cash, you think of Frank Sinatra. I mean, we could go to the oldies, we could go to the newbies, and ultimately, it's all the same. And the enemy has dripped in, dripped in, dripped in words, lies, struggles, People are storytelling through it, but they're actually evoking you into a response. They're evoking you, they're manipulating you into what you should do next. Versus worship, worship to God, our Father in heaven, is a focus not on self, not on woes, not on worries, not on worshiping our own love lives or strangers or our bodies or any of those things. It's worshiping God, our father. And so it takes what the music industry is very self-inflated. It diminishes self and it amplifies God. Now, God loves us and he is our creator. So of course, diminishing self, eh, it might not be the correct words, but it's diminishing our will. It's diminishing our ego. It's diminishing Pride, envy, lust, greed, all of the things of the flesh, right? And yet, we still have the beauty and the honor of being called daughter and son, of being able to to truly be a vessel for the Holy Spirit. So I'm in this school, and 
I recognized that I, I was different. I recognized that I wasn't what I wasn't learning what I was supposed to be worshiping or how to worship. I was learning the heart of worship. And this morning when I got into my Bible, I just sat there for a second and it made me think of the older song that I used to sing. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. See, I told you I'm not a singer, but I love that song. It's so simple. And when I sat there on that first day of processing the revival, I immediately had like an air of judgment. And the judgment was, is this real? The judgment is, was this planned? The judgment is, doesn't really look like much. The judgment is, hmm, I feel like that was it. It was just more so like, I, I was, I've become good at looking to worldly situations, even if it's a part of the church, with a devil's advocate perspective. And hey, Ellen, how's it going? I don't know if this is something that society has kind of worked in me because of the stories that I've heard, because of the church hurt that is constantly being presented to me. But that's, that was my immediate response. And it's okay because my next response was, let me take this to the Lord. And even before that was my response, I was falling asleep after that and I felt the Holy Spirit come and correct me. And this is where people in the religious perspective feel like rules and regulations are putting us in a religious box, are putting us into, I can't do this, I can't do that. Oh, Tamara, you can't listen to secular music, so you're so religious. That's not the case at all. When I gave up secular music seven years ago, y'all, I recognized what the warping had done to my life. And it seems silly. It seems like, gosh, you're not even strong enough to listen to music. Are you really playing that out? Are you a Bachelor Nation fan and you're still sitting in shame or sadness over the fact that your love life doesn't look like that? That your husband or wife has never taken you on that glamorous of a date? That it didn't feel like butterflies like that when you met or courted or dated? Y'all are dating 30 other women at the same time. Is that really what you want? Is that really what you want? Or do you want God's attention? Do you want the man's attention or the woman's attention solely on you? Solely on you because you deserve it, because you're worthy of it. Because when you have a conversation, that's what's simmering in their soul. So correction associated to culture feels hard, feels like a slap on the wrist. Sometimes it might feel like, a boulder being thrown your way and you cannot get around it and you get mad at God. We question him and his intentions and his motives. Just like I was in questioning the intentions and the motives of this revival. Who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? We do this. We sit on this Peloton. <laughs> we sit in this perspective and we do this as the church all the time. You know what I found over the course of the last several years of investigating different churches, investigating in a way of, is the Holy Spirit here? Will my family be served here? Can I, can I plant myself here? 
Is this safe? God, I just want you. I don't really care about the paint color or the size of the stage or the sound of worship, but simultaneously, I've chosen places because of that. Out of comfortability, out of design, out of size. How often do we do this in our life? We choose a business coach because of their social media following. We choose a company to work for us because of their own exterior glam. We don't know the inside. We don't know the heart. We don't know the heartbeat. We're not even in circadian rhythm. We're not even in balance or breath with those people before we jump all in the end and we just immediately trust. So as the Lord corrected me as I was falling asleep around my judgment, he said, just like he told me several New Year's ago when I was doing, taking communion, he said, I am that simple. Mm, that's a word for someone today. You think God, you think worship, you think revival is so complex. You think the whole book of Revelations is so magnificent that it's impossible for it to actually happen. And so you just sit in the lukewarm waters and you're like, ah, I'm saved enough. I believe in God. I've, I've done that thing. I've gotten baptized. But you're not living your life for Christ. You're not waking every day hungry, thirsty for the Lord and the word. And I'm not writing this as a pointing of a finger. I've been in those places. I know what it feels like. <laughs> Kelly, how do you notice everything that I do? I love it. Kelly's over here. She's like, is that a new Bible? I love you guys. I love you guys so much. Yes. I told you I have Bibles laying around everywhere. This is the Passion Translation, just the New Testament. And boy, it is rich in the depicting of the Hebrew language, the purpose, um, what's actually happening in the Greek. Um, I love research. Research is super important to me. As I share about the Bible and I'm and speaking the word, I need to have a breadth of experience and expression, which is really what I want to get down to when it comes to this revival and it comes to your worship and it comes to your church and your activation every single day. Let me take a water break. If you're new here, I see lots of eyeballs today. Glad to have you. This is Peloton and Preach. I come every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 a.m. if I'm near my Peloton. Sometimes my babies come in too. And <laughs> I love to just share exactly what the Word is speaking to me, what the Lord is speaking to me through His Word that very morning. One, because I'm a processor. I can be uh, very organized. I can be very outlined when it comes to teaching or training. And last year, the Lord told me, share, share right now what I just taught you, what you're still unpacking. Open up your mouth and process with people. Let them know that it's okay not to have the exact answer, that in your seeking, you will find. And on this very Peloton, I've had incredible revelations. You guys have sat with me when the Lord has literally spoken right through me. And I'm like, whoa, as if another person just shared that language that falls from my mouth. I'm like, I've never said that. My whole life, I've never said that. Holy Spirit works. 
He's alive and well. And when you surrender your own mouth and your body simultaneously, because <laughs> my legs often feel like jello after these things, and I'm not even fully on rhythm with the cadence of these Peloton teachers, but I'm speaking out loud that one day I'll be on that Peloton for you all, and they'll open a Christian, a Christian teacher to jump in and share with their audience because Peloton and Preach is fun. And it's not only working your body, it's working your mind in a whole other way than just intention. Intention towards the Father. So, have this correction moment. And I process the very next day out loud with the women on the retreat saying, you know what? I, I was judging. I was questioning God. I was questioning the authenticity. Meanwhile, <laughs> hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people have their eyes on this. And this is where I want you to get, this is where I want you to go with me today, is that it's less about what you see, and it's so much more about what your heartbeat is telling you, what's your intuition, what is the Lord speaking to you. But if we just go based on sight, we know that that's not possible. We know that we will walk in the wrong direction. We know that we will be allured into glitz and glam. And when the Lord said, I am that simple, just like he's told me before when I had communion with, with uh, Cheerios, it was actually like cinnamon buns, but I, uh, he said, you, I am that sweet. And it wasn't just the bland bread. And then I had my communion with coffee instead of wine or juice. And he said, I am that bold. We question the character of God through people rather than presenting our requests, our curiosities, perhaps our false judgments straight to God. Ask him the hard questions instead of trying to figure it out in our own flesh because we know that we can lie to ourselves. We know that we can create stories. We're really good storytellers. But why don't we share the truth? Why don't we seek the truth? So yesterday morning, I shared that I had this, like, my own personal revival experience with Asbury. Now, mind you, in Costa Rica, we said this over and over again. It was revival. Revival is anywhere that the Lord is. He's reviving your spirit when you're open to be revived and resuscitated. You know, when someone's resuscitated, they're, they're really not in a place of willingness, but they're not not in a place of willingness. They're in a place of complete like release. And their body is starved for breath, right? Their heartbeat needs to be reignited. Isn't this the church? Isn't this the Christian population? Isn't this you? Where you just want fresh breath. You just want revitalization. You just want resuscitation so that you can live your life out loud, so that you can worship on the street corners freely. You want this in your love life. You want this in your work life. You want this in your physical life, in your nutrition, in your health, in your well-being. Are you willing to be resuscitated by God? Are you willing to let it all go? So yesterday I did my research. I told you I love research. 
I wanted to see more. I wanted to experience what was happening. I was looking at plane tickets. My husband was, thanks Gary. Love you, baby. He was looking at plane tickets for me to fly out tomorrow morning after my live event, before my another event tomorrow night, before my event on Saturday and Sunday, or Friday and Saturday. And uh, I thought, gosh, I wanna get there. I wanna get there, I wanna be in the presence. I wanna feel and see the glory cloud. I wanna interact with all of the people who are so eager to see and experience God. I might have to stand in a line for 12 hours. I might never get in the building. But what if it's okay to just worship right where you are? What if God will meet you right in that place? I've read testimony after testimony, and as I said, witness testimony after testimony unfold in the revival that was Costa Rica. The Costa Rica revival with these women who were willing to be resuscitated who stopped putting up masks and barricades and self-preservation. We do this. We do this with food. We do this by lying. Little white lies. It doesn't hurt anybody. We do this by creating an entire life, an entire scenario, an entire home front that is not actually what we want, who we are, or what God wants for us. Because we're good at playing house aren't we? I was. I was so good at playing house. Barbie and Ken. Boy first, girl second, white picket fence, two new cars, youngest in the neighborhood. All the cute clothes. All the concerts. Man, I was missing it. I was missing the heart of the father. I was missing the truth of what I actually wanted and needed versus what the world was presenting on a silver platter. And so in the eagerness, I listened to the opening message that the sermon, the pastor Zach had shared with the students at Asbury University that day. They were gathering like they gather every Wednesday for morning chapel. No intention for this to unfold. No idea that it could even. We all want something, we're all yearning for something. We want and we talk about the Ignite and the Revival and that we need it. America specifically needs resuscitation. But we're so barricaded that it's almost impossible for that to happen. Except for when willing vessels come together without a wild expectation or a wild plan. They just open their mouth. His message was about love. The question was, do you love me? He went in to talk about Romans 12, 9 through 21. Highly recommend you read it for yourself. It was talking about the love of God, not from a 1 Corinthians 13, which everyone talks about at a wedding. Not from that perspective, but the character of God connected to his love. The peace which transcends all understanding. I would go into it now, but I really want to share with you about Revelations. What I was reading this morning, because one of the testimonies that I received from a dear friend he said, I just wanted to get there like I just wanted to get there. And he said, had I not even shown up, the Lord had already done a work in me. He had already made me pull over on the side of the road, weeping while listening to the book of Revelations on my way. Revival can happen with your eyes opened, with your heart opened anywhere in the world. So after I watched that sermon and I went on to the live feed, 
I was worshiping while I was working out. And hey, I'm doing that now. How cool. <laughs> and I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know I wasn't going to end up doing my full workout. I didn't know I was going to fall to my knees and just experience the, the revival that was taking place in Asbury. But I did. The Lord had other plans for my morning. And I had a ton of things to do. <laughs> so much. Being gone for two weeks from the mission strip and then the retreat, I'm like, I have a task list. <laughs> Tamara, you need to open your email and get the job done. But then he said, I am your job this morning. Fix your focus on me. Let's search together. You want answers? You want to be the judge? Let me teach you. Simultaneous to this conversation about being a judge, I watched The Shack this weekend with my kiddos. Such a good movie, huh, Bob? Yeah, such a good movie. And they talked about being the judge. And the dad, Mac, had to choose between his daughter or his son. He had already lost a daughter. So imagine the predicament he was in from a heart perspective, from a mindset perspective. Which one's going to heaven and which one's going to hell? What church in your city is going to heaven and which church is going to hell? Which neighbor on your street is going to heaven and which one is going to hell? Which enemy do you have that would be okay if you skated through to heaven, but you prefer you go to hell? Which convict in your city jail should go to heaven or go to hell? Which nation across the world, perhaps Russia, perhaps Syria, perhaps Ukraine, maybe one of them should go to heaven and one of them should go to hell. We try to judge, we try to make plans that will orchestrate to what we even believe is God's will. But the heart of the Father, the heart of the book of Revelations, is every tribe and tongue, every nation, every church, every son and daughter will experience resuscitation and revival. And it doesn't matter if you're on campus in Asbury, doesn't matter if you're even near Kentucky, doesn't matter if you're an American, a Mexican, a Dominican, a Costa Rican, a Bohemian. Doesn't matter if you're a Ukrainian or a Russian or an African or an Australian. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you have that prayer request. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Remove the scales from your eyes. Be willing to let go of your to-do list. Be willing to let go of your preconceived notions and your judgments to let God do what God does best. And his best is not to judge you. His best is to invite you. To invite you. And this is what Asbury has done so beautifully. They've made space at an altar. They've made space in a place that is the least of these small, quaint not massive, no exposure, no followers. Oh gosh, I love this. And you guys have heard me say on this very Peloton, like unfollow me, follow him, follow him. I don't care who you follow other than following him. And so seek with all your heart, be willing to do the research. God reveals himself in his word, and so the only truth is there. Yes, there are pastors and preachers and teachers who, who are incredible and can recite and teach and train and 
help in providing miracles and healings and be an agent for all of that. But if you watch what's transpiring in Asbury, you recognize that the thing in which catapulted this, talking about love, do you love me, said Pastor Zach, went into worship and then one person came up. One person who wasn't called pastor, one person that nobody knew, one person that was unplanned, unprogrammed, unexpected, shared his testimony, released his current battles, said, here is me, here's all of me, and revival broke out. Because of the love of the Father came and embraced him, the love of the Father actually flowed through his people who were eager to have that same sense of freedom and to recognize the truth that by the power of our testimony, we will be broken free from the bondage which confines us. So Revelations, I told you I was going to get to it. Almost done here, y'all. Thanks for hanging. Just in the first couple of chapters, one through three, John basically had an encounter with the Lord. And he said, I want you to write to my seven churches, my seven lampstands. And there is a lot of research and backstory to what that could be. And, and what those seven spirits are that are in front of the Lord. But the very last letter, actually the last two letters, but I'm just going to read the last letter, really speaks to this lukewarmness, that, this judginess that we even as Christians, even as brothers and sisters in Christ can stand within if we don't let the Lord correct us and we're not seeking him first. We're seeking our own understanding first, which is what I was doing in that moment. Meanwhile, literally revival is breaking out in Costa Rica with these women that are in this retreat. And guess why? I was surrendered to the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, I don't know what verse to teach today. God, I don't know what activity to do today. Yeah, I had all this stuff planned and God was so gracious and merciful to help those things come to fruition in his timing and his will, no matter what my orchestration was. But what was sweeter than all of those things was the timing of resuscitation for each of the women who were willing at different times and able at different times to hold their hands wide open and say, this is me, without judgment. This is me, in pure love. This is me, in a safe haven. Are you safe for people to come share their stories with? Are you safe for yourself? Have you been a safe haven for you. It says this, I know all that you do, and I know that you are neither frozen in apathy nor fervent with passion. You're not frozen. You are moving, but you're not fervent. You know the difference? Y'all, I'm on a pelt time right now. <laughs> you better know the difference. The fervency of passion to share, to ignite, to resuscitate. How I wish you are either one or the other. It'd be easier. It'd be so much easier if we were just frozen. Because then the enemy wouldn't really sneak in. He'd be like, you're fine. You stay over there. Let me go back to the next one. I think of obviously frozen. Thank you, Disney, for that picture for the rest of my life. But you're isolated when you're frozen. I think the church does this. And I say the church, I think there are churches, not the church at large, because Lord knows that's not true. 
we are the church individually. Asbury is expressing the church. There are people hungry, fervent with passion. But I hope that they recognize they don't have to be in that space to experience revival. That it should ignite something in the city, in the corner, in the street, in the home that they're in right now. But I also think it's fun to go. But I think about being frozen. And then I think about the fervency. And you can't catch me, enemy. You can come after me. But just like the podcast I had with Mitch Matthews yesterday, he talked about dodgeball. And how I was that girl who got hit in the face when I was younger, right? And uh, though I was very athletic, you catch the dodgeball. You catch it. And instead of just immediately releasing it, bombs away and hurting the people in your path, question it. Is the dodgeball that you're catching daily worry? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it judgment? Is it self-criticism? Are you casting down your own self and therefore you're creating your isolation? Is it rejection? Is it humiliation? What's being thrown at you? And are you willing to sit with it and present it back to the Lord instead of releasing it like firebombs away back into the world where it could hurt somebody else? So this is based on a Francis Chan book. Well, this is based on the Bible. Francis Chan's book is based on the Bible. But I love it because it was the first time I was revealed to what lukewarm actually means in the church, of the church. And it's called Crazy Love. But it says, but because you are neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, I am about to spit you from my mouth. You know, when you have that saliva, it's just kind of like sitting there lingering after you work out or perhaps right now while I'm on the Peloton, I could get, I could use a good spit right now (laughs) just to get it out of my mouth, have some fresh, clean water and get on with it. But the Lord is saying this about us. And I say us, I'm not pointing fingers because I think it's important for you to recognize I'm in the midst of that. I'm sharing vulnerably my initiation and my thought patterns towards Asbury at the beginning until the Lord worked with me, until I sought after him in it, in my questioning, in my doubt. But this is America for the most part. For you claim I'm rich and getting richer and I don't need a thing. Yet you are clueless that you're miserable, poor, Blind, barren, and naked. So I counsel you to purchase gold perfected by fire so that you can be truly rich. Purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your shameful Adam nakedness. Purchase eye salve to be placed open your eyes so that you can truly see. All those I dearly love, I unmask and train. So repent and be eager to pursue what is right. Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you're open the door within, open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. And to the one who conquers, I will give the privilege of sitting with me on my throne just as I conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. The one whose heart is open to let him listen carefully to what the spirit is saying now to the churches. That's the passion translation. Within. This is what I want you to leave with today. We look outward for all the answers. We run to the word, which is the within of God. 
the word is our warfare. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this is the constitution. This is the resource. This is the manual. And I say manual and resource and constitution because if I tell you this is law, you throw it away because you live lawlessly. And you don't want to be bound or restricted or straitjacketed. But I'll tell you, if I wasn't at one point bound, literally, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Now I can't go into all of the dark, dreary details because my son is in the room with me. But you guys can read it. It's in my book. I've shared about it on my podcast. I share about it often. Every stage pretty much that I go on because I think it's critical that you know that what you see now, this strong fervent, passionate women for the Lord. It's not who I've always been. I had to go within. I had to break down all the walls that have been built by myself, by perpetrators, by liars, by haters, by religious people. I know what it feels like. But revival is waiting for you. Resuscitation is your birthright. And God wants to be with you intimately. But he also wants to be with you out loud in public. So I need you. I need you. We need you. The church needs you. Asbury, which is on their first break of revival since this thing started on February 8th. It's February 21st today. And they announced yesterday when I was listening live, it was awesome, that at 1 a.m. last night, or this morning, I guess you should say, they took their first official break between then and noon. They're going to open the doors back up at noon today. You can't watch it live right now because they're not there. But I encourage you to pray for them, whether you're there or not. I encourage you to get on the live and experience and worship wherever you are. You don't have to be the sound. You don't have to be the voice. You can be the dancer, like me. You can express yourself. You can be flat on your face, prostrate, with no words coming out at the altar of your home. The Lord will be with you. Jesus yearns for you. He desperately wants you to get hot. He wants you to be fiery for him and to see what happens to everything in your life thereafter. I want to pray with you guys. I'm going to jump into taking care of my little baby who doesn't feel good. I know, sweet bub. God, I thank you. I thank you for the summoning. I thank you for the correction. I thank you that as tribes and tongues and nations and individuals are flocking to this university and the surrounding cities, that even in their flocking and their curiosity and perhaps like me, their momentary judgments or their continual judgments, God, that you will correct, that you will show up, that you will teach, that you will shock and create wonder for them unexpected wonder, desire that is connected to you instead of their flesh. To know more, to see more, to experience your glory here on earth as it is in heaven. God, for there to be fresh wind, fresh life, a revitalization of your church, of us as the church, the within, as we dwell with you, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, God. And if someone's listening and they don't know what that means or they've never received the Holy Spirit, God, Yahweh, breath, mm, you created us as a desired union, 
in relationship with you, God. You want our breath to be in synchronicity with the breath that you've created, the breath of the earth that surrounds us, the breath of life, the breath of love, the breath of wisdom. Breathe on my brothers and sisters, Lord. Send the Holy Spirit to them right now in Jesus' name. Revive them. So they may be a vessel, a conduit of your grace and your mercy and your empathy and your compassion and your passion. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Will you repeat that after me? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Don't be lukewarm in your request. Say it again. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome in this home, in my heart, in my head. God, direct my path. Guide me, lead me, nurture me, God. Reparent me. Help me to release my false judgments. Help me to release all of the lawlessness of my life. Holy Spirit, be with me in all the shadows. And everywhere that I go, God, help me walk in the light. Help me to be a lampstand, Lord. A vessel to you, Lord. Forget my name, diminish my name. God, let your name be known to all the nations. May I take it to every neighborhood, every microphone, every stage, every place, small or big, that you have me go, God. Hmm. Repeat that prayer, my friends. He's speaking to you. God, continue to open the eyes of my heart as I seek you with my heart. I love you. We love you. We praise your name. We praise your name, Yahweh. Jesus, thank you. For the revival, God, continue to light that fire. Every city, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Be known, God the way you've always desired, the way you deserve, the way you've determined and created. This is your way. Your way, your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. I love you guys so much. Have an incredible day. Noon, noon o'clock, noon o'clock Eastern, I believe, is when the revival Live feed will be on again. Highly recommend you take part. If you're curious, curiosity, they say kills the cat, but (laughs) there's got to be something else. Curiosity opens the door for Christ to come in and teach you and correct you and help you. He's your helpmate after all. Love you guys. My legs are jello and I'm trying to stop, but it won't let me. (laughs) Be fervent in your passion today. And I'll see you on Thursday at 6 a.m. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. 
We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.